1: the slaughter girls. we on that haunted ground three spooked girls. the three spooked girls. hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on three spooked girls my name is tara and as always i am here with my girlfriend jessica
0: hello spooksters
1: hello and today we are bringing you another one of our episodes where we go down lists of crimes. This time, since it is October, we have chosen a list of 13 horrifying Halloween homicides. It was a lot of alliterations for a second. My brain almost couldn't do it. <laughs> and the excite well, I don't know if it's exciting, but I don't know the right adjective. Anyway, what we have planned on the docket is just off. We're going to obviously go through this list like normal. But then Jess and I, for the next two Stabbies, are going to do a actual deep dive on a case each from this list. So, yeah, Yeah. that'd be super. It'll be great. But before I hand it over to Jess to get started, if you are new here, you can find us on all of the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. We also have our super fun Facebook group currently. We are being flooded with the Secret Satan pictures from our gift exchange. I fucking love it. It's awesome to see what everybody is getting and has gifted people. I know. With the box I sent my person, I literally had to force it closed because I packed it full of spooky goodies. So hopefully my person enjoys. I'm not going to say who it is because this goes up on the day it's getting to her house.
0: (laughs) So I don't want to spoil it. Nice. Yeah. For mine, I think mine was like comfortably closed, but it was one of those things where like I had to like rearrange it.
1: And yes, so. Tetris.
0: <laughs> and I, and yet another year, I failed at decorating my box. Well, I will say, and I
1: apologize to my gifty, I did not decorate the inside of the box this year. But like, life has been really chaotic. So I made up and bought really cool stuff. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Our life has been pretty chaotic, especially this week.
1: That's just like, that's just like our theme of our life. It'll, it'll quit eventually, but it's fine.
0: Karen <laughs> and I have numerously texted each other this week. What, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah, why?
1: It's, it's been a fucking week. Ugh. But anyways, okay. So come hang out with us in the group. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash 3 Spooked Girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. 5 and Up gets video content and also ad-free episodes a day early. So 5 and Up patrons may have already heard this episode yesterday. So anyways, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. I think it's going to be good. And we do have a subgroup that is... Like our little boutique shop, you can get blind date books with Jessica. You can do tarot readings with me. And we do have some fun, kind of gifty items every so often. In current time, I'm working on putting together some cleansing kits because people have requested that. I will go ahead and let you guys know, just because of personal choice and respect and whatnot, there will not be sage in these kits. There will be Palo Santo because that's like my heritage, so I feel like it's okay to do that. And honestly, it smells really good. So there's that. Ooh, totally. I actually have a cast yes. a, a candle
0: that is scented that.
1: Yes. So that will be uh, it's Ashwood
0: and what did you? What is it? Palo Santo. Palo Santo. Yeah. Yeah. I've just had the best sleep in my life this week, and it's all because I upgraded my sleep with the Blissey's award-winning 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. Silk is what's best for your hair and skin, and it reduces frizz and tangles and even prevents breakage. That's because it keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin, unlike cotton does. So you can say goodbye to wrinkly skin in the morning and wake up with healthier and shinier hair that you can be proud of. With the holidays just around the corner, why not give the gift of better sleep? Plus, it comes in gift-ready packaging they'll be sure to love. I love my Blissy pillowcases. They are so comfortable, and having extensions, all I have to do is braid my hair at night and not worry about extra breakage. It's been such a relief, and because it has cooling technology, I don't have to look for that cool side of the pillow. And everyone loves them. They have a ton of great prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option literally for everyone. They have over 1 million raving fans and you could be next. Try now, risk-free for 60 nights at Blissey.com slash Spooked Girls and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash Spooked Girls and use the code Spooked Girls to get an additional 30% off. Your skin and hair will thank you.
1: So anyways, so yes, so that is what I have decided to kind of go on that route. And also I had there was at least one or two people that asked for like flameless, like you know, not smoke burning type of cleansing stuff. So I am gonna work on that too for some options. So it'll be good. It'll be good. So if you want to hang out there, check it out. And if you are new and have never listened to us before, any of these links we have mentioned, we do have a link tree in the show notes that has Everything all together for you. But with that, we are going to go ahead and get started on this episode.
0: Okay. So, like Tara said, this article is called 13 Horrifying Halloween Homicides. My first one is actually going to be the one I do the deep dive on, but it's entitled A Row Over a Missing Bag of Candy Ends in Murder. And I want to let you know this is a UK site, so there might be some slight diction differences. You can forgive a five-year-old for becoming enraged after losing a bag of trick-or-treat sweets and throwing a tantrum, but a 55-year-old? Lyndall <laughs> <Lindel> People, <laughs> I know, right? Sorry, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I- I'm not a parent, but I know a lot of parents who'd be like, uh, my kid cannot throw a temper tantrum over, <laughs> over a lost bag of candy. No. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lyndall Peoples, or also known as Lyndal Lee, lost his cool on Halloween night 2011 in a domestic disturbance in Chicago's South Side that turned very ugly indeed. Not able to track down his own bag of Hershey's, Jolly Ranchers, and Tootsie Rolls, he accused his partner, 49-year-old Maria Adams, of stealing them from him. As a way of response to this accusation, she threw a plate at his head. Peoples Mm. picked up a knife and repeatedly (gasps) stabbed her. She died in the hospital and her killer got 30 years over so That's not what he got. We're going to deep dive into it, people. I promise. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Tootsie Rolls are not even good. I know. I was like, why are we using that as the, the standard here, people? Right. All right.
1: So the next one says a Halloween tradition leads to a bullet in the head. Chucking eggs at houses and cars is a classic, if rather juvenile and annoying, Halloween prank. But after a long day at work and an evening of trick-or-treating with his girlfriend and her young son, 21-year-old Carl Jackson was in no mood to get his car egged on Halloween night in 1998. Unfortunately for all concerned, it was. South Bronx is a tough neighborhood. When Carl got out of his car to confront the kid who went sunny side up on his vehicle, he took a risk. Sadly, the risk didn't pay off. 17-year-old Curtis Sterling shot Carl in the head, killing him instantly. Sterling was arrested, charged, and in prison for murder. Every Halloween, Carl Jackson's mother sends her son's killer a card to tell him she's
0: glad he's rotting in prison. Good for her. Yes, Carl's mama. Yeah. I mean, it's also, like, (laughs) the fucking mind game. Dude, yes. Love it. I just thought of this. Like, what would fuck the the dudes head up more? Is it, like, let's say every year promptly, promptly on October 30th, 31st, that card slides into his cell or wherever. And then, like, Uh one year it, like, delayed. (laughs) The fucking mind game. Okay, the next one is called Sister Slaying. Amarillo, Texas. This is where this is taking place. On October 31st, 1981, 76-year-old nun Sister Benz was raped and strangled in her convent. On November 9th, Johnny Frank Garrett, who lived across the street from her, was arrested for the heinous crime. On February 11th, 1992, he was executed by lethal injection by the state of Texas. Ooh, we get a last meal update in this one. Okay. Garrett's final meal was ice cream, and his final words were, "I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me, and to the and the rest of the world can kiss my ass." Wow, I mean that's very gacy of him. Mm. Since his execution, there have been various doubts raised surrounding his guilt. Increasingly, many people believe Johnny was innocent. Not that it helps Johnny now, of course. Oh, rough. Interesting. I have not
1: selected my deep dive yet, so that's a contender. And if you, (laughs) oh, I'm just going to put it out there. So Jessica's is the first one, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's one, you guys, when you're listening to this, you're like, yes, also do that. Let me know on socials. And I will. As long as you hurry up. Actually, that's probably a lie. I'll probably have already recorded it, but it's fine.
0: (laughs) Now it'll be the game of did you pick the one that Tara picked?
1: Yes. Oh, I like that better. Okay. All right. This one is titled A Halloween House of Horrors. Ohio teenager Devin Griffin walked into. Oh.
0: This is the Lesky case.
1: Yeah, I did this one on TikTok. I might have to do a deep dive on this one. We'll see. Ohio teenager Devin Griffin walked into what was something out of a haunted house, he later said. Returning home from church on Sunday, October 31st, 2010, Devin found his brother, Derek, his mother, Susan, and Susan's new husband, William Lisk, all dead, savagely murdered. There was only one suspect, William Lisk Jr. Suffering with schizophrenia and with a documented history of violence and wildly unpredictable behavior, the 24-year-old was quickly found at a local halfway house and arrested. He confessed, admitting to all three murders. He had shot his father five times, bludgeoned his older stepbrother Derek to death with the hammer, and then raped and shot his stepmother Susan. And in 2015, he took his own life while in prison. Mm. Yeah, I did that one on TikTok last year. I remembered that as soon as I saw it.
0: I kind of feel like you did it on here too. Maybe. Did we? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. There's a chance. Okie dokie. (laughs) The next one I know we have actually covered here on The pod a long-ass time ago. The final vile murder of the Toolbox Killers. Mm. Shirley Lynette Ledford was the fifth and thankfully final victim of the L.A. serial killers, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. The two men are some of the cruelest serial killing duos ever to disgrace this planet. I agree with that statement. Disgrace this planet. Um, Completely agree. Known as the Toolbox Killers, because of their vile and perverted penchant for tool-based torture, the sick Pair would often tape record their crimes. Which I remember being at the timing, like, it's weird that they were, like, tape recording it. I
1: know. Oof. On Halloween night,
0: 1979, Bittaker and Norris snatched 16-year-old Shirley from a gas station where she was hitchhiking home from a Halloween party. They beat her, raped her, tortured her externally and internally with pliers and eventually strangling her with a wire coat hanger. Jesus. As a final insult, they dumped her lifeless body on a random front lawn. Oh, my God. Like, I know we've already talked about
1: this. This is like not new, but it's like, can you imagine being that person finding her on your fucking lawn? Right? Like,
0: imagine if they had like kids Okay, like, I remember, like, the the day after Halloween, like, especially if, like, it was a school day, being, like, extra excited to go to school and, like, talk about the candy it got. So I could imagine, like, kids being, like, amped to go, and then they just be like, oh, the fuck. Fucking horrible. Both men were caught a month after killing Shirley so viciously. They are still in prison in a maximum security institute to this day. Both remain unrepentant.
1: Of course they do, because they're fucking monsters. Ugh. Ooh, we have done this one. So you'll have to go look for it. So this is the man who killed Halloween. Yeah. We've talked about this
0: a couple in two of times. episodes. Yeah, a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, we did, a, I think, a whole episode on him, and then we did it in our urban legends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So for those that missed it, have you heard the old wives' tale of the poison sweets at Halloween? Supposedly giving, <laughs> given out by a crazy neighbor, the candy will kill any kids that eat it. Luckily, this is not real, although it was once, in Texas in 1974. Ronald Clark O'Brien laced five pixie sticks with potassium cyanide and planned on killing five local kids. Among them was his son. Well, why did he do this? It was because he had a plan to blame the poisonings on a neighbor, but this didn't work out, obviously. And he wanted to collect the insurance policy he had taken out on his child. 11-year-old Timothy ate the cyanide-filled sour candy on his dad's suggestion. It had enough poison in it to kill two people. Within an hour, he was hospitalized and declared dead. Luckily for the other four children, fast-thinking and acting local detectives figured out what had happened due to the smell on young Timothy's breath and confiscated the other pixie sticks before they could be consumed. On March 31, 1984, he was dubbed the man who killed Halloween and was put to death by the state in Huntsville, Texas. And as he was executed, there was a large group of people, it said there was about 300 or so, they yelled trick-or-treat and threw candy at the anti-death penalty protesters. So
0: I don't, like, condone that kind of behavior, but it's also yeah. funny that they threw candy. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, who really lost? The yeah. No one, because they got candy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's my PR spin. Okay. Okay, this is one that I've tried to do for the pod. And it's It it's didn't hard. work out. Yeah. It just, it was like, I remember I called Tara and I was like, I'm dying on this. I can't do it. But it maybe happens. one day I'll get my life together enough it's to okay. be able to understand this. Okay. It's called The Smiley Face Murders. Like all the other poor murder victims here, Chris Jenkins died on Halloween. Unlike all the other poor murder victims, Chris Jenkins could very well be tied to a widespread crime phenomenon, one known as the smiley face murder theory. University of Minnesota student Jenkins disappeared on Halloween 2002, turning up in the Mississippi River, still wearing his Halloween costume some four months later. His death is believed by local police to be the result of an accident or suicide, but many similarities between Jenkins' death and those of other young men found in the water across North America have led many to wonder if it's not part of that theory.
1: Okay, my next one is a Halloween costume, the perfect disguise. Los Angeles hairdresser Peter Fabiano opened his front door to trick or treaters on Halloween evening nineteen fifty seven. Before he could reach for a few gob- gobstoppers, who the fuck gives gobstoppers? I don't even know if those existed back then, but sure. To throw into the brown paper bag that one was holding, bullets blasted out of the bag and into his chest. He had been shot to death with a twenty two caliber pistol. The pair were Goldine Pizer and Joan Rabel. Both pled guilty to murder and served lengthy prison terms. The two women were lovers. Joan was also seeing Fabiano's wife, Betty. Jealous and enraged, she plotted to get Peter out of the picture with Pizer's help. The date was picked as it was seen as the perfect night to skulk around the neighborhood in disguise. And it was. But it didn't help them get away with it, of course. Of
0: course. Uh, Of course. Okay, this one is called The Neighbor from Hell. Halloween night, 1973. In the city of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, nine-year-old Lisa French dressed up as the littlest hobo and went trick-or-treating. Mm. She only got next door. Neighbor Gerald Turner opened the door, took little Lisa into his home, and shut <gasps> the door behind her. Turner then raped and killed her, stuffing <gasps> her tiny body into a plastic bag and dumping her in a field nearby. As of 2018, the Halloween killer It's quoted, has been eligible for parole, but the state continues to refuse to release him. Rightfully fucking so. Good. Their rather understandable argument is that he is a sexually violent person that should not be released back into society. I 100%. And let's not do this stupid shit where we're like, okay, well, he's 92. Let's let him out because we all know how that fucking helps. We know what happens
1: with that shit. No. All right. So my next one is titled All Trick No Treat. When 12-year-old trick-or-treater T.J. Darasaw knocked on Quentin Patrick's door in the city of Sumter, South Carolina on Halloween night in 2008, he expected candy. What he got was 29 bullets through his front door from a fully automatic AK-47, 11 of which hit him, killing him instantly. The poor kid's dad and younger brother were also hit but pulled through and survived. It turns out that Quentin Patrick was a convicted drug dealer and had upset a rival gang of dealers and was fully expecting retribution. What he got was a bloodbath on his hands and 30 years in prison. Jesus.
0: Dang. Okay, so this next one is our last one. It's also the shortest one. Oh. hmm It's called <laughs> Halloween Murders Predicted, quote-unquote, by the son of Sam. David Berkowitz, responsible for New York City's 1977 Summer of Sam's Reign of Terror, is a man who knows murder. He certainly knew about the murders of Ronald Sussman and Elizabeth Platzman, and he knew it in advance. That's it.
1: Yeah, and we also have a a Son of Sam episode that's pretty old now, but if you need a refresher or have not heard it, please check it out. For sure. But yeah, so that is going to go ahead and wrap us up for today. Day. Thank you all so much for listening. And we hope you guys are looking forward to the deep dives. If you guys have any requests and they don't come out as our deep dives, let us know. We will absolutely add it to the list. We're always taking suggestions, whether it is a true crime or paranormal. We have a, like a, what is that? We have a request form on our website, which is all linked in the link tree. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out. But with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we will see you Thursday. Bye, guys bye